Welcome everybody to a regular In Conversation With podcast. Today's conversation is with James Monroe. Hello James, please introduce yourself. Hi Nick, I'm James Monroe and I'm the head of the National Trading Standards Estate and Letting Agency team. Many thanks James, great to have a conversation with you. Today we're going to talk all things material information. So um, first of all, James, I've seen you on tour. I've seen you on stage with uh, a room full of industry professionals talking about material information. Um, and some of it, very, very easy to get your head around. Other areas of material information and the disclosure of it, um, a bit more tricky. I know there's been some, uh, uh, some grumblings from audiences from time to time. Um, who will find it more difficult to um, disclose some information rather than others. Um, so binary information, an either or choice, seems quite straightforward. But um, there must be quite a host of information that me as a buyer or maybe me as a seller will have difficulty um, exploring. So can you um, just share with us the difference between, let's say, an easy binary choice and something that's a bit more difficult to disclose? Yeah, sure. Nick. The, it is a challenging subject, really, for, for, for agents, because we're there talking to them about material information and what they should be disclosing to people. And sometimes it's, it, it's easy to forget what kind, of, what kind of a challenging job they've got marketing property, because it is a challenging job. They, they're, they're marketing um, unique property which uh, there's, there's nothing there's no other thing quite like it no two properties are the same and all property comes with issues or history um you asked for some examples is it, so so a, quite a straightforward binary example would be the tenure of property properties are, are generally speaking either either freehold or their leasehold or a variant of the leasehold so it's a binary choice, freehold or leasehold. And clearly that status of that property is, is information that people need to know about that property. Now compare or contrast that with, say, uh, other information, for example, um, the route of HS2, for example. Mm -hmm. Now, if the proposed route of HS2 is going through the back garden of a property, that would, in all likelihood, that is going to be information that the average person would need to know about that property before they, they decide what to do. Oh, uh, right, yeah. However, if, if, if you're fortunate enough and you have a property that, that backs onto fields and HS2 is going to be 500 yards uh, in, in the distance, so to speak, that may be less material to people than if it's going through the back garden. So that's the kind of challenge that we're up against. Um, well, that's the kind of challenge that the agents are up against is how to judge information and, and how material it, it is to people. Okay, so I know um, there's, there's a standard kind of set of what as a seller or a buyer or an agent you would expect um, to be classed as material information. Um, I understand that that, that list potentially grows and develops um, and the, 
disclosure of material information isn't isn't necessarily a done deal. Um, and looking through the, the, the TA6 form, there seems to be a lot of standard information on there, um, but understand they're adding things like flood risk, um, the, the presence of radon, EPCs, Japanese knotweed, parking, you know, these are the sorts of things that um, wouldn't necessarily strike me as thinking, oh yeah, that, that and that need to be um, disclosed. Are there any areas that um, are particularly gray that you think, you know, if I was an agent, I'd be in two minds. I need solicitor's advice. Where, where am I going to trip myself up if I'm an agent? Well, I think there are areas, for example, you touched on flood risk, which, which is a, a really difficult area to, to, to find out exactly what to disclose because what the information that needs to be disclosed has got to be meaningful to people um it's no point just just saying there's a flood risk this property is 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 at risk of flooding because that could mean a host of different things depending on where the property is um flooding is a, is a very uh is a terrible um, thing for, for people that are affected by it and um you know it can, it can happen at very uh, extremely inconvenient times of the year or, or, the, or the night and again it could be something that that is is relatively minor to something that actually results in enormous the total destruction of the property so it is it is a very very difficult thing to to work out what to do fortunately with flooding there is information available online from the environment agency or the equivalent in the other devolved nations, which actually allows agents for free to be able to uh, to be able to search down to a particular uh, postcode area to see how badly affected that prop that area or that particular that that location is affected by flooding. Now the other thing you can do is to go once you. If, if, if you find an area or locality is going to be is a particularly high flood risk area, you can go down to individual property or property or postcode, uh, mm -hmm. going okay. through the land registry, flood risk search, uh, for which I think there is a fee, but that would give you specifics to actually be able to um, to disclose information which is which is reliable um, and. and can be backed up by by um, official sources. Okay, so I think we're on relatively uh, safe ground. If let's say I'm an agent and um, I've got uh, I've got sources that tell me some of this information. Um, other other information is going to be down to let's say local knowledge, um, and I guess this is where you trust an agent to know the location to know kind of what's what's going on. Some things that won't appear in surveyors reports, for example, you know, we, we might say, okay, there's a motorway being built over there, um, easy enough to kind of find the documentation on that. What about some of the other tricky stuff that um, the agent hopefully knows, but maybe just the neighbors know? How does, um, how does a buyer, you know, who, 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 as a buyer, who do I look, for, look to, to inform me? of um, this stuff that I need to know? Well, that is, that is very challenging because there are a host of other things that, that could 
materially affect somebody's decision um, when they're looking to buy a property. Uh, there could have been some terrible event that happened quite recently at the property. Uh, there are unfortunately cases of um, murders happening at properties, or there could have been somebody living at this property that was subject to particular abuse or the property was targeted for some reason. Now, these are really challenging things for agents. Doesn't happen very often, but when the when this kind of situation does crop up, it's really, really difficult to, to balance the needs for disclosure for information against the possibly the protection of people's um, human rights or, or, or liberties. So that's quite a challenging thing. Um, but it's important to remember that material information isn't always about bad things. It's not, you know, that, yeah, there are bad things that, that, that can be difficult or challenging to disclose, but, but material information can be about the, the, the nearby location of schools, for example, because mm -hmm. some people will, will need to know about the, the availability of schools. And of course, this brings into play other issues about well, how good is the school and is that material to people? And I think that's where the discussion um, needs to be had is, is, is around things like that. Because, okay, there may be a school nearby, which is great, but it might be a very poor performing school, which is not so great. So how do you do that? How do you, how do you market a property um, effectively? Because let's not forget an agent's job is to market a property effectively and to get the property sold. Um, so it's, it's that challenge to agents to turn that, that information where possible into a marketing opportunity. So um, we talked about gray areas, we talked about challenging areas. You could have things like um, broadband availability, mm -hmm. uh, which again, you, you can check that online and you can get a, an officially backed um, indication of what the broadband availability is that property if you've got really fast broadband available at property that's great that's a marketing opportunity that needs to be marketed as much as possible i think with with agents there's still a lot of properties especially in rural areas and people say in some some um, cities as well where there's particularly poor availability broadband and, and that's something that, that that certainly needs to be disclosed because now, especially with all the um, all the, the problems that the the pandemic has, has brought, it's it's brought a wave of, of people working from home, uh, and so there's much more demand on on home broadband. And so I think properties that, that don't have good broadband uh, need to be marketed carefully, or the, the disclosure needs to be needs to be made carefully, but also upfront so that people are aware of what they are, what they're letting themselves in for if they buy the property. I see a dilemma though, you know, um, and we use the word marketing, okay, and marketing sometimes gets a good press, gets a bad press, right? But if I, if I run an agent agency and someone comes to me, wants me to market their property, great, love a good instruction. Um, and if it's near a school, but the school's not very good, I'm tempted Okay, I don't run an agency, so this isn't me, but I'd be tempted to market nearby school, broadband to property. If it was great, I'd 
say, great broadband property to the property. If it wasn't very good, though, could I just put there is broadband to this property? Or am I sliding towards a mission? And is there going to be trouble ahead? Can I just leave out the fact that the school is bloody dreadful and the broadband, you know, you might have to wind it up? What, at what point do I, do I cross the line? Well, it's a great question. It really is. And that, that is the, the, the main challenge, I think, for agents, because what I would say to them is you've got to put yourself in the shoes of a prospective purchaser. We've all, we've all bought or rented property at some point in our life. Most of us have. Um, if you were to end up either buying or, or renting that property, and you then found out something which you wish you'd found out before because it's really affected your decision. To, well, you think, if, if I'd have known that before, I would never have gone to view this property. I would never have commissioned a survey. I would never have put in an offer. I would never have taken up the tenancy or bought the property. That's what you need to be thinking. And that from an average consumer's point of view, it's difficult because what is an average consumer? Well, there is a definition of, of, of an average consumer, but you just need to put yourself in the shoes of, of the average person to say, if they thought to themselves afterwards, if only I'd have known that at that point, I would never have gone any further with this property. And and it and it's just gonna be, it's just gonna cause problems because if they find out before they buy it or before they, they take up the tenancy, then they're going to pull out. Then they're going to waste money. You're going to waste your time. The agent's going to waste their time. Uh, the, the, the seller or the landlord's going to be annoyed because it's gone fallen through and there's more delays. And, and, and maybe people complain to the ombudsman and then it just starts getting messy and it's just unnecessary. So that's, that's really what, how agents need to look at this. Okay. And if, if people pull out of the process, am, am I right in, in thinking that um, the reasons why people pull out need that becomes material information. Yeah, it, it, if somebody pulls out, they pull out. That, okay, some people pull out because there are financial issues or because they've mm -hmm. simply just changed their mind. Um, uh, but if they pull out for a reason, then that may well be material. It'll certainly be material to them. Yeah, and and it's likely that it would be material to the average person. Although this is why you've got to be a little, you've got to treat this a little bit carefully because some people have very extreme views on what is material. So clearly that it wouldn't um, it wouldn't apply to that situation. Okay, so what if right? So I'm a, I'm a I'm an agent, squeaky clean. Okay, my um, disclosure of material information is is top notch. Right? I'm I'm very honest. I say it how it is um, and I get the opportunity for an instruction and I go through the process but my buddy down the road also runs an agency and let's say he's um, he's more liberal or more flexible um, and if my house has got dreadful broadband um, I said well don't say it's dreadful you know because your mate down the road I could mark it with him and he's not going to use the word dreadful. He's just going to say broadband. As a squeaky clean, you know, play by the rules agent, 
is there any recourse? What can I do? What can I do if I'm losing instructions to the bloke down the road who's, um, his, let's say his disclosure is um, more flexible? Yeah, another good question. And I think from the agent's point of view, um, there are going to be instances where you will lose instructions or an instruction um, in, under these circumstances. It's really tricky to advise what to do. Um, you, it, you're, you're complying with the law, you're complying with all your professional obligations, and, and there are going to be situations where other agents uh, take, take advantage of that. I would hope, I would sincerely hope, that that agent, the agent that takes that instruction and is less than, than transparent or more economical with the truth, I would hope that that agent is going to be uh, is going to be looked at. Uh, there, there will be cases going to the ombudsman because people will complain. I'm sure after the event, they will come to the attention of us, or they'll come to the attention of local trading standards, and something will get done about it. They'll also probably get come to the attention of uh, the professional bodies. If, they, if they're a member of a professional body, then, then, then they'll come to their attention too. So it, it's, it, it is, I, I get it, it's, it's a really difficult, awkward situation, but it's, it is one of those things, um, they will come to somebody's attention at some point, and I would far rather um, be in the, in the position of, of being transparent, being professional in, in these obligations, rather than, than cutting corners just for the sake of an instruction. It makes sense. It makes sense. And I, I like to think that um, those people that aren't, let's say, um, following the rules uh, as closely as they should, um, will, will get their comeuppance at some point, whatever that might look like. Um, what about um, things that, uh, and I, I look at the, the world of estate agency um, and think from the moment I started looking and buying houses, um, some of the photographers in the world of estate agency are magicians, right? They're the good old fisheye lens or the wide angle lens. Um, at what point does a, let's say a creative photo leave the realm of good marketing and become misleading? Because I've walked into properties before and I've seen the photo and then I've walked into that box room thinking, yeah, this is not what I thought it would look like because the photo makes it look much bigger. Um, is, that, is, that, is that now kind of a misleading issue if you've got photos in your property particulars that, let's say, um, bend, the, bend reality? I think you've already answered the question, Nick. I think you, you said you hit the nail on the head when you went in there, you went in to view the property and you said, this doesn't look anything like it does on the photograph. And it's at that point, going back to what I said earlier on, if I'd have known that this, was, this room was this small or the outlook wasn't quite like that or the, the property uh, didn't have that size garden or, or actually, no, it doesn't include that bit on the side there. If you think... If I'd have known that, I wouldn't have gone to see it. There's, and you're an average consumer, then there's your um, there's your material information that you should have had. And as as an average consumer, all right. So I walk in. It, this house isn't for me. That box room is is big enough for a box, but not big enough for a bed. Okay, and I walk away, um, and then I'm on on with the rest of my search. 
Um, but someone else might walk in and say, yeah, I only needed to store boxes anyway. Take the property, even though the, you know, the, the, the magic of the, the photographic lens has been used. Um, as a, an average consumer, will I, will I look at that photo and think, hold on, something's amiss here, or will I just walk away and think, yep, not as big as I thought it was? At what point does the average consumer get on the phone and say, um, I suspect foul play? Well, that is, that is always going to be a tricky one because um, it does depend on how misleading it is. Contact the ombudsman, or first of all, what we would say to people is to, is to contact the agent to raise their mm-hmm. complaint and, and say to the agent that um, I thought that photograph was misleading because when I went there, this is what I thought, uh, and see what they say. If they are not receptive or if they are very dismissive of of comments or or complaints like this, speak to the ombudsman. The ombudsman are more than happy for people to contact them and discuss uh, cases like this. And they will will give, uh, if if they take a case on, if they they look at a case, they will, they're the ones that can, that, that can, provide judgment on things like this as to the, as to the, the scale of the misrepresentation. I mean, let's, let's face it, it's, it's got to be, it's going to have to be pretty serious before local trading standards or before we would get involved. Um, it, it's it's got to be quite serious for that. Mm-hmm. But um, the ombudsman are there to, to adjudicate on cases like this. And, and if the agent is found to be, have been, more economical with the truth, um, then then the ombudsman can make an award. Okay, so if I'm an agent and I'm tempted to use Photoshop, um, I think you know at that point I'm perhaps crossing the line. You know that tree's got to go. You know I'll, I'll Photoshop that out. You know I guess that's, that's an easy kind of decision that you know you you are crossing that that line. So um, it seems I know there's some grey areas and it's. There must be my agents must be kind of shaking their heads, thinking, yeah, weighing up the balance of is this material information or not, um, and I can understand a certain amount of reticence, but a lot of it looks pretty straightforward. So why why are people um, not disclosing the stuff that they should? Well, I think it's a culture thing. In my opinion, it it. it harks back to the days of the Property Misdescriptions Act. And for those of you with long memories, you'll you'll remember this coming in. Um, And what it did was to set out a list in the schedule. It sets out a long list of things that are essentially considered to be material information. So it talks about um, tenure, price, it talks about the aspect, the location, the, the way the property is marketed. But what it did, more importantly, was that it said, if you describe a property in relation to its aspect or its location, and you mislead people or provide false or misleading information, you commit an offence. But if you don't provide the information, then you don't. So mm-hmm. what it kind of led to, I think, in my view, is that 
people to people said well agents thought well if we don't say anything we can't get into trouble it's a bit like the old um the three monkeys isn't it you see no evil speak no evil and hear no evil um because if you don't say anything about the broadband then then you're not going to do anything, you're not saying anything wrong so i think that's where we had a culture of this this sort of view that if you didn't say something you wouldn't get into trouble uh but since the consumer protection from unfair trading regulations came in in 2008 they create they make it an offence for any business to to fail to disclose material information or to provide information that is false or misleading broadly speaking so i think that's where we've come from and i think we're still struggling as an industry the industry is struggling to get to grips with this requirement these new legislation the, the, the new legislation which has been in for uh, 13 years now um because it it it, it makes it creates an offense for failing to disclose this this important material information so that's why but a reluctance or reticence on part of the industry to disclose stuff, not least because um, the, 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 what, what they would say is, well, if I tell people it's got the, the broadband's rubbish, nobody's going to buy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I, I, I can appreciate that, you know, a, a little bit of, um, you know, not necessarily a small lie, but a small emission um, makes it easier to market the property, but then potentially leads to much bigger trouble um, yeah. down the road. I think people in general have got to grasp the nettle here and accept that you cannot just put your property on the market without enclosing any or without uh, any associated information about it. And I think there's a there's a lack of there's a perception that that people are sitting on high value property. When in fact, if there are lots of drawbacks, if, if there are, uh, if, if it doesn't have fast broadband, or if, if it's having HS2 running through the back garden, it's going to devalue the property. That's, that's the way, that's the nature of the beast, I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. it, 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 that is what it is. What it is. Um, if, if, if people have only got to look at the, the problems that we've got at the moment with cladding with unsafe cladding um there are people trapped effectively in properties which have got unsafe cladding because they can't sell them or they can't rent them because who wants to buy a property or rent a property that's got unsafe cladding not very many people and that is fundamentally material information so they are stuck yeah, there's a there's a, a real blend really between stuff that you you need to know to make a, your transactional decision and the stuff that you'd want to know, uh, and and that's that fine line between want and need, um, and the the cladding case in particular is is definitely in that you need to know bracket. And there might be want to knows that become more and more in that need to know. You know, 10 years ago, broadband speed, you know, it might be something you want to know, but now I would say it's, you know, working from home, you, you need 
to know it. So I can appreciate that this, this picture is, is progressing. So um, final question, James, um, what's the future for material information? Well, the future is we are, we're working with the industry, we're working with the, with, with the public, and we're also working with the property portals. Um, and the conveyances associations and the law society. And we, what we want to see is, is material information disclosed upfront as early as possible in the marketing of a property, whether it's for sale or for rent. People need to know that information at the earliest opportunity because once they start doing something, making phone calls, arranging viewings, commissioning surveys, that's too late. They need to know at the outset. And what we're trying to do at the moment is to agree a set of basic information, material information that applies to all properties, regardless of where they are, which includes things like um, tenure, price, location, the form and construction of the property, the availability of services and so on. And then encourage and, and help and support the industry to to, to disclose the additional information that, that may affect another property, such as the impact of, as I said, cladding or, or, or uh, major developments like HS2. Um, we want to see more uh, consistency um, throughout the industry. We want to see um, conversations happening between uh, various organizations uh, around when this information is gathered and by who. If, if, if the information has got to be disclosed up front, then clearly the agent has got to gather that information uh, at the outset. And that's why we've supported the introduction of property information questionnaires and the like. Um, we are working to um, with the Law Society about the TA6 form because frankly, some of the information that's on the TA6 form is, is duplicated from the information that was that it should be disclosed or, or gathered at the outset. It's too late when you're going through a conveyancing process to be asking about some of the information that's on the TA6 form. So we want to see that this constructive dialogue that, that, that shifts everything to the, to, the, to the initial opportunity to, to, to gather that information and make sure that, that people who are looking for property have that information upfront and as early as possible to make to enable them to make that informed decision about whether they they go and uh, look at that property makes perfect sense and it sounds like there's a lot of work being done in the background and we will uh, we'll watch this space and no doubt you and I will have another conversation at some point in the future to see how material information is progressing so thank you very much indeed for your time thank james you. hugely appreciated Thank you, Nick. We'll be back with another conversation with James Monroe, exploring all things property very soon. Many thanks.